Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. What's the oldest song that you can think of? Now, if my children were here, they'd probably say something along the lines of, any song from when you were growing up, Dad. But despite my children, there actually is music from long before the 70s and 80s. We have music from long before the last century, from long before the time of Beethoven or Mozart or Bach. I even remember studying some music from medieval Provence in my undergrad music history course. What we read in this week's Torah portion is far older than any of that. We're reading this week a special portion for Pesach. In fact, this is not a Shabbat parsha at all, but rather the portion for the seventh day of Passover, which this year happens to coincide with Shabbat. And what do you read on the seventh day of Pesach? The culmination, the climax of the Passover story, the song at the sea. Since this is a song, I'm going to sing a little bit for you, and then I'll talk about it. Ahashira ladonai ki gaoga susverochvo ramavayam Ozive zimratiaha vaihili lishua Zeeli veanvehu Elohea viva romemenhu Mihamocha baili madonai Mihamocha nedar bakodesh Nora tehilot That last part might have sounded familiar, and in a minute I'll talk about why. But let me first say that this may be some of the oldest literature in the entire Torah. And we know that for two reasons. First is grammatical, that there are word endings and word forms that occur in the Song at the Sea that don't occur elsewhere in the Torah, and that seem to be quite archaic. Some scholars place this song back as far as the 13th century BCE, which might even be when the exodus took place, if there was an exodus. The second reason we know this is old is because in general, in Torah and in the Bible, the music is the oldest literature. And there's a reason for that. Music is easier to pass down from generation to generation. It's easier to remember. Think about it from your own perspective. Can you recount a lot of famous speeches the Gettysburg Address, or an inaugural address, some famous speech made by a prime minister or a president. Some of us know a few lines here and there. We might even be able to repeat a paragraph. But it's not that easy to commit spoken word to memory. What's much easier to remember, and what we know a lot more of, are songs. How many song lyrics can you parrot just off the top of your head? How many songs can you quote and you didn't even realize they were there, taking up space in your brain? We remember songs. We remember music. And therefore, in a society that does not have a robust written tradition, or truly even one that does, music becomes one of the primary media for passing on stories and ideas from generation to generation. And that's what we find here in the Song at the Sea. So what are they singing about? What do these ancient words actually say? Well, here's what I chanted. It says, I will sing out to the eternal, for God has triumphed gloriously. Horse and driver has God hurled into the sea. Who is like you among the divine beings? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendors, the one who works wonders? 
So the song tells the story of the people witnessing a great miracle, a miracle that involves the chariots of the Egyptians being thrown into the sea. We know this story, of course, as the parting of the Red Sea, the story of Passover, which we tell every year at our Seder tables. Now, it's worth noting that this song has its own special trope, its own special cantillation or way of singing that is only used for this song. And that cantillation actually varies from community to community. So the way I sung it was an Ashkenazi trope. But if one is from a Sephardic community, they might have heard a different melody that sounds something like this. And either way, whichever melody you're singing it to, you're only using that melody for this one story that we tell every year over and over again. So this tells us that the telling, or rather the singing of this story, may be one of the oldest and earliest things that Jews do. Pesach may well be the oldest Jewish tradition there is. For longer than we've been doing almost anything else, we've been singing and telling this story. We've been teaching that as a people, we were forged out of the experience of escaping slavery. And that story has shaped the Jewish psyche in two really important ways. The first one is a responsibility for social justice. The Torah reminds us over and over again that we were slaves in Egypt, and that because we were slaves in Egypt, we have a responsibility to care for the widow, the orphan, and the stranger, for the vulnerable of society. In other words, because you have the experience of oppression, therefore you have this responsibility to create a society that will have less oppression, that will be more just than the one that you experienced back in Egypt. The second way that the story of the Exodus has shaped the Jewish psyche is by helping cultivate a sense of awe. That just as we did when we walked through the Red Sea, so are we supposed to have our eyes open for miracles all around us. Every day when you open your eyes, you could see the beautiful sky or the beautiful trees or the beautiful people or the wonderful experiences in the world. These are miracles. And Judaism teaches us to be grateful for them and to be in awe of them every day, which is probably why we sing a part of the Song of the Sea every single day during the service. Micha mocha ba'ili madonai, who is like you, O God, the one who makes miracles. That's that last part of the song that we said might sound familiar. And the reason for that is because it's part of our daily service. At the end of the day, the Song of the Sea is not just a song to be chanted from the Torah once a year or referenced around the Seder table once a year. It's a song to be sung every day. It's part of our daily liturgy. We write new melodies to it. We sing it two times a day to remind ourselves that what sits at the center of Jewish life and maybe of life is social justice and awe, is living with a sense of gratitude and a sense of responsibility. And those ideas, like this song, may be some of the very oldest in the world, but they still matter right here and right now. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment, and please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Have a great week.